What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hey Geekscapist, Jonathan the Podfather here, and when I first started Geekscape back in 2006, it was just a podcast, but then it grew into a podcast network and a community, and the whole plan was to turn it into a production company so we could make cool films and TV ideas and all sorts of stuff for you guys. We'll always be doing the podcast, but right now I want to let you guys know that we're running a Seed and Spark campaign for one of our first original productions. And this is a co-production with Dweeb Darlings and Fonco Studios called Stocking LeVar. It's a continuation of the web series Stocking LeVar. If you go online, go to YouTube or dweebdarlings.com and look for Stocking LeVar and you guys will find a pretty fun two seasons of this show. We're going to make a short film out of it, but we're going to need your help. So go to seedandspark.com, search Stocking LeVar, as in LeVar Burton, and you'll find our project. Listen, if you can't donate, it's okay. Just follow and share. That'll help us out a whole lot. And then if you can donate, as some of your fellow Geekscapers have, we'd appreciate that too. The campaign's going to be running for a while, so I really, really appreciate you guys checking it out, and enjoy the rest of this show. Welcome back to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we talk about a movie in which a guy gets sent to the electric chair and comes back to haunt the person who caught him. No, we're not talking about Shocker. We're actually talking about House. No, not the one with the Asian girls and the man-eating piano. No, also not the one with the greatest American here. No, it's it's technically not even House 3. We're talking about the horror show. We're talking about the horror show from 1989. Uh, Welcome to Horror Movie Night. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's um, a great presentation of what this film is. So, Matt, <laughs> let me take the reins for a second. Why did you pick this pile of shit? Uh, so I love the house movies and this one was the hardest one to find for a really, really long time because it's technically not a house for good reason. Uh, So, so the story is, so I always thought that they made this movie and then named it house three to market it in other countries, but it's actually the opposite. It was made to be house three. And then they were like, this is way too dark and graphic compared to the other two movies. So it should be its own entity, but it was still advertised as House 3 in other countries. And I agree that this movie is way more dark and mean-spirited than House 1 or 2 is. Uh, But I remember finding it on Fearnet and watching it way back when, and I loved it. And then Scream Factory did a Blu-ray release, and I purchased it, and I loved it then. (laughs) And then I watched it for this, and I still love it. Jesus. Now, Now, hear me out. This is a thing that I realized, and and we'll get into like the step by step for the movie, is that I think that if you took the first hour of this movie and the last twenty to thirty minutes of Shocker and combined them, it'd be like a decent movie because I think that this movie's better at the start than it is at the end, and I think Shocker's better at the end than it is at the start. But uh, I I had a blast watching this movie. It's so balls to the wall it's so randomly gory that but without any purpose of it being that graphic i i really like this movie this and another movie that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks um were the toughest ones to do for this fucking show and i'm so upset that they're on it because like i can do a show if i leave a movie and i'm like that is the worst piece of shit i've ever seen or if i'm like this is one of the best movies i've ever seen but I left this movie just like, eh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like the worst thing that we've watched as a group for sure, but it's just so mediocre. Even the yeah. part that you're talking about that's so gore, the parts that are so gory, they're just like kind of tableaus. They're not really gore I think effects. It's, it's just like, I think it's just that it's so like the blood is so chunky in this movie. Like, <laughs> like does that make sense? Like when he I, like hit. I, yeah, I know. Uh, so so the movie starts off with this home video footage of Lance Hendrickson. Was anyone else waiting for uh, Tuesday's Gone with the Wind to start playing? Yeah, it looked like the opening of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> um, but like, there's this very hard to hear disingenuous background noise during that entire scene like it's just like off in the distance just like yeah dad play with the dog (laughs) it was almost like they shot it in silence and they're like fuck we need to adr something in this but then the very next note i have is the old head in the deep fryer bit uh i love this opening scene where it shows how he capture captures this dude uh because he's like you know that I have some weird love for like fast food slash diner massacre sequences. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like, there's like the body parts in the deep fryer, and then there's the cop's head on a plate that says the blue, blue plate, plate special. special. Okay, <laughs> movie straight up. But then I have this quote written down, and I hope that I get this perfect because it's my favorite piece of dialogue delivered in the entire movie. It goes, Luke. I did it. I, I did the best I could. <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> like, I wonder if all three of us have that, because I don't have many notes, but that's one of them. 
<laughs> I did the best I could. <laughs> um, I actually have the part right after it when he goes, oh, nail his fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his partner gets killed. It was Meat Cleaver Max, correct? Yes. I, oh, yeah, he gets- so, so this guy's like such a ridiculously evil person. It makes no sense. Like, yeah. He killed a hundred people, Scott. <laughs> Man, but uh, just this- so dumb. Like I, I get it. I get yeah. that this is supposed to be cheesy and everything, but like he has no motive. He just likes to kill. Yeah. Well, and then he like so he's got this woman hostage and he decapitates her and throws the head <laughs> at Lance Hendrickson, and then the head starts screaming and he wakes up and it's a nightmare and his wife rolls over to check on him, but his wife is Meat Cleaver Max, and then he starts choking his wife out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then his wife is far too cool with him choking her out. Uh, so probably not the first time he's choked her out. <laughs> but then we get, like, this movie, this is the plus that this movie has versus uh, Shocker. If you recall with Shocker, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to get to the electrocution scene, but this one, 10 minutes, we're in there. <laughs> he's, and he just... He is so crazy while he's getting... He, I think one of his quotes, he goes, this thing's giving me a hard-on like, yep. as he's being electrocuted. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have that note. And then, um, increase the voltage, shithead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming back to fuck you up. <laughs> well, and then he finds out... Then you find out, and this is this is later on in the movie, but it's so fucking absurd that he had a homemade electric chair that he was using so he could practice electrocution. Yeah, so he could up his... Up his ante, like, like he was watching Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> Not the <laughs> yeah. I've built an intolerance to IOK and Palmer. I just wish this movie went full on comedy and just ripped off other comedies like the Happy Gilmore intro and then this just straight out of Austin Powers. They just kept trying to go, You shot me! You shot me right in the arm! <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, so he made a deal, according to Wikipedia, I don't remember this part, but according to Wikipedia, he made a deal with Satan that he would get vengeance. So it really is shocker. No, actually, that's just shocker. But that's what, that's what bothered me so much is it's so irrelevant. It would be one thing if it's like, oh, this guy isn't dead. He's still killing because he built up an intolerance to an electric chair, but he didn't. He died. It is his spirit. <laughs> I like how this upsets you. <laughs> then his spirit rises out of his body, which is like pretty, pretty stellar. The, it's actually better. The the electric ghost effect in this movie versus in Shocker is so much better, which makes no sense because Shocker absolutely had a better budget than. Yeah, it came out the same year. That's the most bizarre oh, thing. Is yeah. it's not even like it's a ripoff. It just happened to come out the same year. Um, <laughs> This is my guess, is is that one guy wrote a screenplay. Two studios wanted it. He was like, mm, nah, I, I, neither of you give me enough money for it or you're gonna, you don't want to do my vision. So like, okay, fuck you. We're going to do our own vision of your vision. And they did it the exact same year. The next line I have, because I skipped a lot. There's like, then they move into the house and then it kind of gets really slow for a bit. Uh, and that's like her, his daughter uh, has her boyfriend hiding out in the basement, and they're gonna oh my God. they're gonna do some things. But then Max's spirit gets to him first by pretending to be the daughter, 
And that's when she goes up to her little brother, Scott, and he turns around and he goes, never sneak up on a man blasted Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a couple of things here. One, um, the, the daughter is Kmart Leah Thompson. The, um, and the, uh, I don't know why I have this written down. Okay, first of all, I, I said Scott is a little shit with awful hair. Is is a line that I have written? I mean, not a line, but I wrote that down as a note because that kid's annoying as fuck. Yeah, he sucks. Awful. He does not deserve the name. When he always uh, gets free stuff from like lying about things, I think that's like something they established yeah, early on. But that's also so uneven with this movie because you know, fast forward to the very end of the movie, we get this weird chuckle fuck ending where it's like here's a lifetime su- a year supply of uh chili texas chili but yeah. <laughs> i don't it get it the movie ends <laughs> the movie ends and then there's like five more minutes of scenes where i'm like i don't know what this like you're waiting for a jump scare or anything but it's just like hey our son's still alive look it's a cat we got free chili bye <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that actually ups the interest value for you because I know that you like it when things are fucking weird. Um, <laughs> but okay, so so um, I have a note here that says, I just want the doctor to be like, my body is a map of pain. But I don't know what doctor we're talking about. You're talking about the guy who looks like he is like Jeffrey Combs in training. That's like the psychiatrist that tells Lance Henry. Oh, oh, oh 1980s guy. Justin Long. That guy. Uh, Uh, Shut your mouth before I fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) So they, um, so the dad goes downstairs and the kids see him go downstairs and he starts screaming at the furnace, but they think that they're screaming at the girlfriend's boyfriend. Uh, And then the girl hasn't heard from the boyfriend in a couple days and they're having a nice turkey dinner. Uh, and that's oh, wait, wait, wait. oh god oh god wait before you get to this i i have a, a line that that stupid asshole uh said kmart leah thompson is down in the basement with her boyfriend and he like jumps out from behind her clothes or something that you know because they have like a bunch of racks of clothing in the basement which is a bad idea in general because moths are just gonna eat them or the killer ghost is gonna wear them and pretend to be your girlfriend but uh, so she like gets him all hot and bothered, right? She like makes out with him and she grinds up against him. And by the way, she's 17, um, yeah. which really makes that shower scene super fucking uncomfortable later on. Um, so she says, is it her or is it the boyfriend? But somebody says it gets better the longer you wait. Oh, she says that. And then he like looks at her all flustered and is like, well, bigger anyway. And I'm like, okay, buddy. <laughs> That's not how science works. <laughs> okay, so that kind of ties into the stupid quote that I have written down from Scott when they're sitting at the dinner table. And she's like, yeah, I haven't heard from him in a couple days. And he's, I forget what girl it is, but he's, we'll just say Tiffany. He's like, he's probably been talking to Tiffany. She's always like, look at me. I got the big boobies. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with little brothers in these 80s movies we watch? God, they're obsessed with their sister's breasts. We all have sisters, right? None of us want to see our sister's boobs. No. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, So this leads to probably the best moment in the movie for its pure what the fuck. It's the only moment that feels like it's part of a house movie is that Lance Hendrickson looks at the turkey 
and the turkey's got meat cleaver Max's face on it. And it's, Not even it's, a good job. Yeah, it's, it's a it's shitty ass shit. puppet. It's just like yeah. so stupid. Your, your family's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Family Guy joke. Yeah, literally. Yeah, oh, and his man. voice sounds like the Crypt Keeper because they've like toned it up so much to sound yeah. like it's coming but out the of the turkey. Is- even even when it's not supposed to sound like it's coming out of a turkey, his like yeah. his laughter is just obnoxious, so well, obnoxious. We get to deal with a lot of his laughter in the very next scene because basically he's trying to set up Lance Hendrickson to be crazy. Yeah. Uh, so they're all watching, as families often do, just sitting around watching the HBO stand-up comedy specials. But in his mind. Meet Cleaver Max is just telling Rodney Dangerfield jokes. Dude, they're all Rodney jokes. <laughs> they're all Rodney jokes changed to ho- murders. I was like, oh my. First of all, it's pathetic that I know that. But... <laughs> we both did, Brian. Because it's a Jim Kelly favorite, you know? No, oh, my wife likes to talk during sex. Sometimes she calls me from a hotel room. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. So uh, for, for the listeners, um, Matt and Brian have, I've never met their father, but um, I have heard a lot of his jokes. They're terrible, but it also (laughs) explains a lot about why they are the people they are. Uh, And so I try to send them dad jokes sometimes in Messenger. (laughs) It's difficult. Brian sent us the best example of, uh, we have a a siblings chat and (laughs) my brother sends us this tweet and he goes, Tell me this isn't our dad. And it says, my favorite part of vacation is when my dad wakes up early and then acts like he's better than all of us. <laughs> I've been up since 730. <laughs> but instead of us being like, that's funny, each one of us had our own, or when he does this, or when he does this. Because like my sisters was like, when he waits for the waitress to bring the check to him and then say, oh, one of them is paying. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, or or I think mine was when he clearly had the time of his life on the vacation and then comes home and tells everybody how miserable it was and a waste of money. (laughs) Wait, 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 quick question here. Um, so like, what, what was his childhood like that he loves these ridiculous jokes? I don't know. My dad is very closed off about his past way more than my mom is. He was like a party animal that would like go to like he was like the living embodiment of the cast of uh, Dazed and Confused. As far as I can tell, like he was a little bit of a stoner. He was a little bit of the like party guys. He was an athlete like he he was everything that Brian and I aren't. So- yeah, I was about to say like <laughs> athlete dad. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Did he was he ever like, well, little well, you're nine years old, but you're going to be playing baseball. <laughs> Because I fucking hate baseball now because I was forced to play it for. Uh, like, I was forced to play every sport but football. Yeah. yeah, same here. We have multiple soccer, basketball, baseball trophies. Um, or they all, participation trophies. All participation. Yeah. I think one time my particular team made it to the finals, but like yeah. it was not because Matt Kelly was on that team. No, one, no. <laughs> One day we got home from my sister's basketball game and he proceeded to tell me how disappointed in me he was because (laughs) there was an open, and this just describes me perfectly, there was an open basketball court where just people could play if they wanted and a bunch of kids in my grade were shooting 
basketballs and he looked down under the bleachers and me and this kid Sean Cox were playing with our action figures. (laughs) (laughs) And it bothered him so much that an hour later when we got home, he was like, you know, you should have been playing basketball. And if this was a movie, he would have threw my toys out. Yeah. No, uh, if it was a movie, he would have made you burn them in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, I have to share a quick little anecdote about my baseball experiences. So as is probably pretty uh, predictable for a kid that grew up in the 80s and 90s. um, So we we were like Douglas Insurance because, you know, every every fucking Little League team. Uh, you know, they're named after whatever company sponsors them for the season, right? Yeah. And the the it was Douglas Insurance. And so, you know, we were the Douglas Insurance Ducks. And <laughs> and even I knew that was lame. But yeah, we um we still did Hey man, the- ducks can be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is we were we were so bad because the way that the way that it worked, and I don't know if this is how your teams worked as well, but the way that it worked in my town was that, um, and this is fucked up. The winning teams from the previous year got to have first dibs on the roster for the the new year, and so all the athletic kids would be on teams because oh, their parents would be like, "Oh, I right." Yeah, that's that's fucked. That's not normal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not at all. But I mean, I grew up in a cornfield, and they're probably like. We need our good athletes to practice and play together and be pals, which they all were, uh, so that you can, you know, so that they can make fun of you all through elementary and junior high. <laughs> so that when you're in high school and you're doing drama and they're doing sports, you're not friends. And so it, it can look like a movie from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, so so we were the Douglas Insurance Ducks because that made sense in, in our reject minds because we were all the rejects and we won one game that whole year, that whole season. And um the 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 head coach wasn't much help because he definitely egged us on to be the ducks and he was like trying to make us quack during games and shit and i was like but that's hockey oh man it was awkward <laughs> as hell so the horror show is also awkward uh, especially when you're having a nice family evening and then you decide to shoot your tv yes yeah. so yeah, so he pulls an Elvis and he shoots the TV. Uh, but right before that, I learned that slow motion laughter is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, Insane. Like, like I was like, why? why? Why is this happening? This is the scariest part of the movie is these people laughing in slow motion. Um, so this all leads to, you know, dad seems a little off and crazy daughter finds dead body dad's arrested for murder he's like look he's a ghost go talk to this guy he kind (laughs) of looks like jeffrey combs hey sort of looks like jeffrey combs and justin long is dead now he looks like a double murder it's things aren't looking good for him and then he just escapes it's not even an elaborate escape he basically just walks out the door yeah (laughs) but wait doesn't are you he walks out of the door of the uh the precinct yeah yeah so doesn't the ghost come to him the ghost isn't does that come how he gets out yeah i mean it, but it's still like if you read wikipedia because sometimes i'll read wikipedia to remind me what happened in the movies and it just says 
he escapes from prison. And I'm like, he did not escape from prison. He escaped out of an office by walking out a door. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I did appreciate like the seventies over the top cop TV show is like how everyone talked in that police precinct. Oh yeah. So like, the, the, I know the, you killed the guy. Listen, Chuck, I know this guy. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> I got no evidence, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I've known him 15 years. There's much cop procedural in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's so hard to watch. It I fast forwarded through a lot of this. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's fine. I wish I so, would have. I just tuned out. <laughs> so then Lance Hendrickson gets to his house and there's the psychiatrist's head sitting on a plate in his dining room, and the head just explodes. Uh and <laughs> and then he walks into Freddy Krueger's lair circa nineteen eighty four to nineteen ninety eight. And he kills him by electrocuting him some more. And then yeah. the movie's over. <laughs> I think we're missing a couple really disturbing implications. Not the least of which is the fact that we didn't even talk about the fact that you you called it Thanksgiving dinner. They were just having Thanksgiving dinner for lunch. Yeah. yeah, yeah she does. Just... She, the son actually does say, it ain't Thanksgiving. She goes, sometimes it's nice to just make a turkey for everybody. <laughs> Do you know how much effort goes into making a fucking turkey? It takes like 18 hours to cook. <laughs> She's just like, mm. That sounds like fun today. Let me try and keep my PTSD husband from shooting me or choking me. Yeah. So Yeah, so I I did want to point that out. So now that's out of the way. We can talk about some shit that is really unfortunate and uncomfortable. The shower scene. Yes. The daughter, which is super uncomfortable because she's she's like, I'm I'm almost 18. Yeah, you're almost 18. And yet we're having this really there's not even a body double. That's legitimately that girl naked. Now, I understand she wasn't. 17 she was probably like 22 but i don't want to see a shower scene where there's a girl who's not supposed to be legal yeah. it's just it's, it's uncomfortable Plus, she's it's only awesome. 17 <laughs> are you are you talking about the warrant song yeah <laughs> she's only 17 uh, <laughs> leave the hair metal covers to me buddy <laughs> i hadn't heard it in like 15 years i haven't heard it in like 15 minutes <laughs> Even if she's not 17, right? Like, it, it's weird they would have this daughter character naked, like, uh, for a lot of shots. It's not just an over-the-shoulder while she's doing her hair thing. You see – I don't even I, – I think you might see full frontal. It's fucked up. But um, then we get the, the electric ghost – who implies that he raped both the mom and daughter, right? And then the, the, it's implied that he impregnated the daughter. And that's why there's that scene where she's got this, like, monster baby growing in her belly. But then is it? Is it I think actually, it's just a dream or, or one of but his own. It's, it's really uncomfortable. Like, it's not. It also implies that he kills the son and then the son's just, like, fine. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this movie was edited very poorly and they cut a bunch of stuff yeah uh, so, it didn't it didn't it, make sense yeah like it, it it's was like he was just serious. bluffing yeah also, i killed I your had... son let me go check his room no don't don't do that don't do that <laughs> take, take <laughs> my word for it. he's there. dead if you go in there you're gonna find his dead body but just don't go in there right now <laughs> you don't want to see your kid's dead body <laughs> don't 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 you? um so i have a note that says now smash the baby on the table uh Oh, that's okay. So we have pregnant daughter and then he goes downstairs and then that's where everybody's dead at the table and she's holding the baby, right? 
mm-hmm. and then he smashes the baby on the table because it's got the ghost face the electric what's the guy's the killer's name again meet cleaver max meet cleaver max. cleaver max oh god he's like a baby now and then he smashes the baby on the table god that name bothers me so much still meet cleaver max yeah it just sounds like if like a shittier like limp biscuit corn style <laughs> band came out that'd be like the basis his name you know <laughs> oh i bet you a dollar that there's some new metal band from the the 90s from 2000 that definitely had like moto grader i'm sure that their <laughs> their bass player's name was meat cleaver max <laughs> but yeah I, I i've lost the i've totally lost the plot here there's like how he somehow has he kills the he brings the body into the real world and then turns him to swiss cheese and so like there's an already dead serial killer's body who's now been shot a bunch, I think, who's on the living room floor. And how do you explain that? And But they don't explain anything. Nothing gets explained. Yeah, it just ends up with – it wraps up with a happy ending where they move. And also, it's kind of fucked up that the dad – that Lance Hendrickson is like, honey, I forgot something in the basement. Where we found your dead boyfriend. Go check. And she's yeah. like, okay, dad. Ha, ha, ha. I must have just shut my brain off because I now that we're talking about it, I just don't remember the last twenty minutes of this movie at all. It's I know I watched it very in the credits, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, it's, okay. it's it's like I said, the last like I even for me who enjoys this movie, the last like twenty minutes of this movie is terrible. Like it does feel like they had no clue how to end it. So they're just like, uh, uh, electrocute him and the cat's alive. And, uh, you know what? We can't kill that kid. So, uh, yeah. everything's good. Peace. Keep like, talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Uh, I like the fact that, like, they're okay with killing the boyfriend and having him be dead. So we only see a couple of deaths. We see the cop buddy at the front top of the movie, we see the woman get her head chopped off. Uh, which is so unbelievable that a meat cleaver would just like whoosh and yeah. take her whole head off. Yeah. And then we see the boyfriend get killed. So like, oh, and we see the 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 psychologist. psychologist. So we have four people, four actual deaths in this movie, and everything else is just hundreds dreams. implied. Scott, he hundreds. killed hundreds. <laughs> um, all right. Why do they always have to do it that much? Every movie, it's like, oh, the the worst serial killer ever. Oh, he killed a hundred people. Like the the worst serial killer we had killed like thirty nine to forty two people. And I just hate the movies that are just like a hundred. And I know that it's a horror movie. And bear me, bear with me. And I hate to be that guy. But these aren't even fucking guys that are like trying to be like inconspicuous it's like fucking they leave a poster <laughs> card that says like meh meet cleaver max was here and i'll kill again like they know the guy ah all right let's just wrap it up because i'm gonna go on a rant <laughs> i was loving that by the way <laughs> what's up everybody this is brian here to tell you about our podcast binge town tv Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. 
If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hey guys, we'll be right back at that episode in just a second, but I wanted to take a couple minutes, not even a minute, less than a minute, probably about 30 to 45 seconds, I believe, is the length of the instrumental that Scott recorded that you're hearing underneath me. Scott's great. You should listen to all of his music. I just wanted to let you guys know that if you haven't already, head up over to patreon.com backslash HMN podcast. And if you are donating $5, you can listen to our new bonus episode, and it is on UHF. You can also listen to the back catalog of episodes. We're up to four Patreon bonus episodes now. We've talked about Turbo Kid and the Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension and the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man and this month, as I've already said, UHF. Now, back to the episode. So what did you guys watch this week? <laughs> uh, I'll start because I, I have a feeling people are going to get upset. Um <laughs> And I should I should start by saying I know I probably shouldn't have liked this movie, but I really like this movie. I watched The Voices with Ryan Reynolds, where he is a uh, oh the, serial the killer. killer. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought that they I thought that they kind of didn't have a good um, what's it wasn't a great transition, which I I can understand why people wouldn't like it, but made me like it more. Where it's like, oh, this is like a really lighthearted, goofy comedy, and then it yeah, just got, like, really fucking dark. Yeah. Like, uncomfortably dark. It's very dark. jarringly dark, but I think yeah. it works because it also, it's it's shocking and jarring for him as a person, as the character. Yeah, and and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but the one thing that I really <clears throat> didn't like about the movie was they, they pulled a 40-year-old virgin where it just ended on a musical number, which really just threw off the whole movie. But other than that, <laughs> I really liked the movie. You know what's so funny is that I started watching that movie uh, months months ago. I mean, it was like last year at some point, and I didn't get to the end. I didn't finish it. I was like, this is interesting enough, but then it does take that turn, and I was just like, eh. I didn't, I didn't ever get back to it. I was like, oh, I'll get back to it, and then I forgot about it. But, I mean, I guess I'm happy that you mentioned it here so that I don't go back and have to do a musical number ending. <laughs> yeah. I saw two movies in the theaters uh, during my travels, and I saw The Incredibles 2, which was fantastic. Uh, if you're a fan of the first Incredibles, it's definitely worth watching. Um, very good villain, which is just cool to say. Uh, like They got a very cool superhero villain going in there. And uh, I saw the Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, which... Oh, was we're watching just, that tonight. Oh, it is 
get a box of tissues, dude. It God is just, damn it. <laughs> damn it. it. So the, the best quote that I heard was Jonathan London said, it's an experiment in how much kindness can a human being handle. <laughs> like It's just every second of that, you're just like, God, he really was just the sweetest guy. Like, there's like a quote from his son at one point where he just says like, yeah, it's really tough when your dad is literally the second incarnation of Jesus Christ. Like, it's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, like it's just like, he is just such a good dude and it is very like heavy to watch. Um, but I, I loved it. I recommend it to everyone. I won't get into the, the nitty gritty details of like the personal thing that happened to me that made me cry my fucking eyes out. But uh, I did see it in a theater in Rhode Island, which was very, very cool because it was this old, I think it was called the Avon Theater, or Avon Cinema, but it was a single theater, old movie theater from the 30s that has been refurbished to look exactly how it used to look in the 30s. So, like, you walked in and bought your tickets at the concession stand and then just walked into the big doors and they had the red velvet curtain in front of the screen and they would play old jazz records and then when the movie would start, they'd play the Let's All Go to the Lobby song and all that stuff. So that also helped was that it was a really cool atmosphere to see the movie. in. Wow. I finally got a chance to, I mean, and finally, as in I've been looking forward to this for months and uh, I, it only took me a week of it being on VOD to see it. So uh, I finally watched the endless, which is the third movie from the guys that did resolution in spring. Yeah. Uh, I liked it very much. Although I did, I, I don't like it as much as Spring. And I, okay. I, I, I liked it more than Resolution, which I really did not enjoy Resolution. We discussed that for Reddit Horror Club years ago. I, I don't think that there was an actual episode, but I think that we... I know we did it. We, we had a discussion on it. I just don't know if we recorded an episode. Uh, but I had some major qualms with that film in general. But I, I, I liked the way that they wove the narrative of all three movies together. It's really cool to see a low budget um universe you know like they have it's 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 all it all happens in the same universe mm. which is cool like the 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 movies all kind of interlock in interesting ways some more subtle than others but yeah it's 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 very it's a small universe and it's cool um i thought that they did a great job with a very limited budget as they always do but i think that spring was better just in general uh it's more my kind of movie the endless i've been thinking about a lot which like the implications of it matt do you remember resolution i don't think i ever watched it i think that's why we didn't do the episode was i had trouble finding a copy of it or something I won't spoil anything then. Uh, I highly recommend everybody watch them in chronological order. So you watch Resolution, and then you watch Spring, and then you watch The Endless. And uh, The Endless was like three or four dollars on VOD on Amazon. It was it's like nothing. It's so cheap to watch, and it's definitely worth your time. And they make long movies. The, the two guys that do it, like those movies, are hour and forty five to two hours long. Um, it's you know it's, they're lengthy, but they don't ever feel like they drag their pacing is pretty good even though the pace is slower but yeah there, there's some implications from resolution that i that really bothered me in like a good way in like a in a horror way um that are are kind of painted in a broader light in in the endless and i really appreciate that so really mm-hmm. good movie uh but then i watched two really bad mo- well 
two other movies that were bad in other ways. So I watched Malevolence from something like 2006 or something. I almost um, watched that. I'm glad I didn't. You really should not. So <laughs> I watched it because Shockwaves did their 100th episode a while back. And Rebecca put it on as one of the hundred. And I was like, huh, I always passed over that because it looked mediocre. It looked like a nothing forgettable movie. And um, I watched it because they spoke so highly of it. And that means all four of them liked it. And I hated it. I thought that it was the most derivative bullshit I've ever seen. So, I mean, it's, I usually agree with Becca. Like, she likes Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. I like Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. But um, I, I really, I want that hour and a half of my life back because it was all the shit that you like about Halloween, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Friday the 13th thrown in a blender. And then they strained out all the value, all the nutrients, and you're just left with like bullshit. It tastes and looks like that stuff, but there's no value to it. Mm. Uh, it just seems very derivative. I was very, I was very upset by it. So um, I had high expectations. They were all dashed against the rocks. So and then I watched Dead Girl. And Matt, do you remember we talked about this in Reddit Horror Club? Yes, I do remember Dead Girl. G- oh. Not a fan. <laughs> oh my god uh so brian have you seen dead girl i have not don't watch it um i had, <laughs> I, had a, I think i lied and said that i watched it uh when we talked about it on reddit horror club because i did that a couple times i specifically remember doing that a couple times and i think this is one of those times um it's the these trash like trailer trash dudes find a zombie girl tied up in the basement of this abandoned asylum and she becomes their rape toy uh it it is as bad as you i mean it's as dark as you can imagine um and not in a good way it made me feel like the time that i watched one scene from a serbian film uh because i have never watched a serbian film i've watched one scene (laughs) uh and and it fucked me up for a day so um I don't recommend Dead Girl at all. It's gross. It's very, very nihilistic. Um, it's not poorly made. It's well made. It's well acted, but it just makes you feel really gross. Yeah, and, can't do um, it. Yeah, it's it's also just a movie about rape. I don't know why I put myself through that. Um, I do like the fact that the girl, the the love interest of the quote unquote protagonist slash anti-hero of the movie um there's this one part at the end where she's where he's like i love you i'm going to save you and she's just like grow the fuck up (laughs) it's yeah i can't watch that stuff yeah don't didn't touch me for two weeks after we watched the serbian film oh oh, you actually watched it together yeah and i had to like drive it home that i was like i wasn't fully like i didn't enjoy this movie please don't like (laughs) Please don't think that this is my type of movie that I that well, I wanted to show you. But what bums me out about about Dead Girl is that the guy who made that movie, who wrote it, is a like I was a fan of him as a person. Uh, he's a trauma guy originally. He was in uh, Terror Firmer and he wrote Citizen Toxie, Toxic Avenger Four. 
and he he like ended up playing Killjoy in the Killjoy movies. Um, mm. And like he wrote in a bunch of Lloyd Kaufman's books and he always came off as like this really cool down to earth guy in those books. And then the first two movies he writes when he gets out of trauma was Dead Girl and Cheap Thrills, which are both movies that make me very uncomfortable. Oh. So oh, like, God, we had to talk about Cheap Thrills on Red yeah, we had, Club too. I hate yeah. it. Yeah, like he, I was like, man, go back to doing schlock. Like I liked him when he was writing schlock, like the Toxic Avenger. And like, I think he's trying to be too edgy and it upsets me. But it's, yeah. but it's like not just edgy to be edgy. It's really just super dark underbelly of the world. Life is garbage and meaningless kind Which of Which Cheap stuff Thrills was about too. Like I, you can tell that he is a That's very nihilistic yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well. Speaking about nihilistic, <laughs> we watched Horror Show from 1989. Feel free to send us some emails at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Have you seen this movie? What were your thoughts? Let us know. Please let us know all of the things that you enjoy about our show. So maybe we'll do another mailbox episode one day. Uh, we will be doing, I think, one more episode. And then it's time for the listener submit it month. So we've gotten all your submissions. We have picked the movies and we are very excited to discuss them be sure that you hit up our patreon account at patreon.com backslash hmn podcast and that you are just checking out all the cool shit that we do at hmnpodcast.com feel free to rate review and subscribe on itunes and all of that other good stuff that we're supposed to say and always forget to uh we will be <laughs> back next week with a brand new like a fairly new movie picked by scott uh we recorded this when we were all face to face with each other in october uh, sorry, in Ohio in June. <laughs> I am very tired. Uh, but we recommend that you maybe watch the movie in advance. So I'm going to do a rare thing where I say what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about the movie Patchwork. It's on Netflix. Over this next week, you should absolutely watch it because it is a very spoiler-filled review of a very good movie worthy of your time. We'll be back next week. listening to the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your song. 
there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.